I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in. And we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcast Network. I am your host, Eric Norton. Good morning. God bless you. Hope you're all having a good day. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I want to give a shout out to all of my sponsors. Badger Breaks at BadgerBreaks.com, Dynasty Breaks at DynastyBreaks.com, and of course, Pastime Marketplace at PastimeMarketplace.com. Go over there, get yourself 20% off uh, with code FATPACKS at checkout on either their large cases or their extra large cases. So go uh, check him out over there and make sure that you use code FATPACKS at checkout to get yourself a nice little 20% off discount just before the holiday season to get your uh, card collecting, loving uh, wife, husband, spouse, significant other, kid, child, whoever, give them a nice card case to protect their card assets. Um, what's going on, guys? Having a good week? Hope so. Me, I am. We went to AEW last night, had a great time, me and my son. Want to give a shout out to uh, Crack and Wax, Scotty Ballgame. Jeez, uh, there was a lot of inspiration there for those signs that we made. Want to give a shout out to everybody who uh, threw in. Threw on their two cents on uh, what to uh, put up, put on a sign. We did get on TV a couple of times. Uh, you might not have seen it if you didn't know exactly where we were sitting, but uh, those that did happen. So thank you to everybody who uh, contributed to to the signage. Um, I just I don't know how else to say, but man, a else to say this, but AEW put on a great show. It was an absolutely fabulous show. Um, it was in a high school gym that you would have never thought or understood or guessed that it was a high school gym because it was, it looked like a, a professional setting. So one kudos to Garland ISD, ISD who has a facility like that, but two, um, the way AEW conducted themselves and, and handled business inside of that space, the, in the space they were given to work with was really cool. So, um, DX flyers as well. He, he helped with, uh, some some uh, verbiage on the sign. So thank you to uh, Scotty Ballgame, Crack and Wax, and DX Flyers with the inspiration for the signs that we made. Uh, definitely got on TV a few times, and uh, that was really cool. Uh, and I just, again, it was just amazing the way that, that's a big word in that, I'm probably overusing that word there. It was really great to see how AEW put on a show in the space that they had to work with, but it looked so great on television i watched it this morning so it was really cool uh, to to be able to be a part of that experience and next time they come back around if they come through your town i would in your wrestling fan i would suggest going it's a lot of fun all right new products new pricing this week man it's a big week for new products we got a whole mess of cards out there uh, that came out this week so uh 2019 20 panini donruss basketball is out this week 2019-20 Panini Gold Standard Soccer is out. Love Gold Standard Soccer. 2019-20 Upper Deck Buyback Hockey is out. Opened that up earlier this week. Had a lot of fun with that. 2019-20 Hoop Sets. Uh, all your team sets are out. And then 2019-20 Parker's uh, team sets. Those are all out. 2020 Onyx Icons Collections Autographed Baseballs are out. Um, just... Again, with the team sets, if you're if you're down with those, go check them out. 2019 Break King Baseball Premium Edition is out, Series 3. And, of course, we cannot forget everybody's favorite. Where? Oh, no, I lost my thing. Sorry about that. I clicked off the page. My bad. 
as I'm reading my 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 notes in front of me, I clicked off the page and I think I deleted it. Son of a gun. You guys give me just a second. This is not good podcasting, by the way. At all. Don't do this. In darn it. We'll move on. <laughs> new pricing wise, we have uh some new uh new sets done for you. High tech is priced. Uh content I'm sorry, prison draft picks baseball is priced, and uh hoops is priced for you as well. Go check those out. And also just finished up 2019-20 Black Diamond for you. That is priced as well. Now I'm going to be reeling about what I missed there. I'm sorry. Should not have mentioned that or said that. But, oh, well. All right. Big giveaways this week going into next week as our 12 days of Ultra Pro are going strong. We've already had three winners. Day four is up today. Um, loved the <laughs> loved the hashtag yesterday. Y'all got any more of those top loaders? And then today's uh, hashtag is all I want for Christmas is is some nine pocket pages. Um, if you got a creative idea for a hashtag for this giveaway, please let me know, and we will make sure that we get it in there. Let's move right along to setting up the show here. We got a great show. I want to call it a great show because I had a, lot, I had a great time talking to both of these individuals. First up is uh, Jason Akers from Gas Monkey Garage, uh, Fast and Loud, from the TV show Fast and Loud. He is a uh, Brett Hole collector, and we had a lot of fun just talking about, chopping it up, talking about collecting cars, uh, working on cards, cars, cards and cars. I, I think I got those mixed up there, too. And then we talked about Saudi Arabia, Gas Monkey Live, uh, and most importantly, his Brett Hole collection and where he's at, his wants, his needs, how he got started in that, and uh, you know where he hopes to go with it. So that was a lot of fun. And then on the other side of that, we have Matt Bible, our non-sport resident, our resident non-sport uh, analyst in the house, and we're talking Star Wars. Star Wars uh, releases next week, so we're talking about the nine Star Wars products that we've had leading up to this release, and. Star Wars through the years, the Star Wars Almanac. There's so much Star Wars talk at the end of this show that it's it's a lot of fun because it's a sect of collecting that's really out there that, that's booming right now. So um, it's a great conversation. I hope you stick around for it. And then on the other side of that, we have the conclusion of the show where we drop the Drake. So I hope that you guys like that too because I do every week. Before we get into our interviews, I want to give another shout out to uh, all of our sponsors, Badger Breaks at BadgerBreaks.com. Dynasty Breaks at DynastyBreaks.com. Their hits of the night have been insane lately. Make sure you're checking those out on our social media feed. And then, of course, Pastime Marketplace with their 20% discount for you on their graded card cases or their card cases. Just go check them out. Use code FATPACKS at checkout, and you will get 20% off. All right, guys. Hang tight. On the other end of this break, we're going to come back with Gas Monkey Garage's Jason Akers talking Brett Hull Super Collecting. Hey, this is Brandon. Hey, this is Kurt. And we're ripping vintage packs. And you're listening to Fat Packs Podcast. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out after that quick break. Man, I'm really excited. This is episode 350. It's a big deal because 350 is a, a, is a number in podcasting that you just don't get to a lot. And uh, I'm excited to have my next guest, who I announced last week as going to be on last week's show. Timing didn't work out. That was my fault. But uh, we are here with... Jason Akers from uh, Gas Monkey Garage. How you doing, sir? Great, man. Great to be here. Is it is it cool to say fast and loud too? Is that is that? Yeah, still... absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, anybody who watches on TV, they usually uh, relate to the Gas Monkey Garage, but Fast and Loud is the actual name of the show on Discovery. So sure. Yeah, either way you win. So where where do you want to start? Because I know where I want to start, but like 
can we, can we start with the car stuff? Because I am not a car guy at all. Yeah. So how did you how how did you get into cars? You know, it's by dumb accident. I had a boss uh, that owned a dealership years ago when I was 18 years old that had a few of these cars that he collected on the side, and I was the guy that would detail and clean and maintain. Um, and as that, uh, the years went by and I worked for him longer, he established a business where we restored classic cars. And honestly, the first one, I just took it apart and, uh, started learning the hard way. And it wasn't the prettiest thing back in the day, but over the last 20 years, um, it's been something that I've really, uh, fallen in love with and love doing. And then of course, when I came to Gas Monkey Garage, we started doing customs or I did with those guys. And now we build anything from the 1930s all the way to a modern car. Now. Okay, wow. Now, I uh, quick plug for the Pat Geek. Jeff Hofer is in the house as well. You were on this week's episode of the Pat Geek, and Jeff asked you the same question, but uh, what's been your favorite car that you guys uh, restored on? You know, probably the one that comes to mind more than any is the 2006 uh, Ford GT that we built. Uh, it was a red and white car that was wrecked. Okay. And so we made it into a black gt on airbags nice <laughs> and so the car had all the look in the world and it was amazing to drive so that was one of the top ones but i've been there now we've built we've had over 100 episodes on tv mm-hmm. uh and i've built over 60 cars with gas monkeys so it's hard to remember them all and you know i've got the greatest crew in the world right. so there's seven of us and the things we build it's amazing what we can do in four weeks so you made mention of this in the uh, in uh the pat geek episode like you said that you guys are all excellent at what you do but you they they might specialize in something one does something better than the other one might so what's your specialty what, what where do you, where do you get down at well i'm a mechanic but what i really get stuck with a lot is i do all the finishing trim and windows uh. and all the fitment of the final fitment of the outward appearance of the car um, I do a lot of things, but that's what I generally get stuck with. <laughs> sure. You know, fitment, fit, because of the detail thing, be, being a restorer. Right. It's the eyeball. All the little things that people catch, you've sure. got to get rid of. Now, would you consider this what you do? Is it a hobby for you? And obviously, it's your job, but is it a hobby? Is it a passion? Is it something that you do for fun? Uh, because card collecting is like that for a lot of, obviously, it's, called, it's the hobby. So is restoring cars for, for you just as fun for you is collecting no actually the car restoring i love to do for work okay but i'm a huge sports fanatic and all of my guys at the shop could care less about any sports <laughs> and so my card collecting is a passion i've had for 30 plus years now. sure so that is where i spend a lot of money a lot of time <laughs> but you know even if i pick up 100 cards in a week which is rare i want 200 it's just there's right. never i can't ever feed the beast enough are you married Yes. How does she feel about this? Well, you know, it used to be one of those things. It was a uh, point of contention. Mm -hmm. And then we went on some hard times here about 15 years ago. Okay. And I sold a portion of my whole collection and paid the bills for about six months. So it's no longer a problem. Okay. I got you. (laughs) I understand. So take me back. What was the first pack of cards that got you into it? I bought a pack of 1991-92 Upper Deck Hockey. Uh, okay. I had seen Brett playing in the Olympics. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I like this guy. I like the way he plays. And that's where it started. I started that 700-card set, mm. one of the monster sets back in the day. Did, did you have the French versions as well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, that's where it began. And, you know, I remember paying 50 cents, 75 cents for a pack of cards. Yeah. So it just shows how we've come so far now. That foil packaging, I remember that very. Oh, it's so horrible. And then upper to think deck about. introduced in '89, the upper deck card. Yeah, and it was the two sided 
picture. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Another world. Yeah. <laughs> and a whole another world. So, so you, you mentioned you saw him, you saw, was it the Olympics that you saw him playing or was mm-hmm. it? Okay. So what, what drew you to him? I just, uh, that shot, that sniper sure. shot. I sure. mean, there are very few shots like his in the game, even today. Uh, and he's just that guy and he just went about his business, but anytime he touched the puck, he could score. Yeah. And, and back in, you know, the, um, early 90s he was the best player in hockey next to Gretzky yeah absolutely uh, that was one and two right yeah. there and so you know he was always on the the radar and even as he when he got traded to Dallas it was a great thing for me because mm-hmm. I lived in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. so I would come down and watch the Stars games and then of course they won the championship and then he got traded to Detroit I wasn't as happy about that even though it's a great franchise <laughs> it just you know being a Dallas fan it was you know it was tough to watch and then he finished his last nine games with the Coyotes after that strike year. Right. That really, in my opinion, killed the end of his career because he had to sit out a whole year mm-hmm. in the latter part of his career, and then he, like, again, only played nine games for the Coyotes. Right. Now, I want to I go back a little bit. Did you – were you aware of who Bobby Hull was before the, before the Olympics that you, that you saw Brett in? And if not, like, how quickly did you pick up on Bobby and Brett? Well – I'll tell you the truth. As of 1992, I didn't even know hockey at all. Okay. Uh, the Olympics, I was a big Olympics fan, and that's what got me into mm-hmm. hockey. Because in Oklahoma City, there was no junior hockey leagues in the 90s. I mean, it didn't exist. It was right. football, <laughs> area, baseball. Sure. Um, so I began that. I didn't even realize his dad was in the league, and then he was a famous Hall of Famer. Right. And so obviously, as the years went on, I collected and learned a lot more. Um but no, I was totally ignorant to who Brett Hull was. Uh, Bobby. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, Bobby yeah, and Bobby Brett. Through okay. Brett. Yes. So, like, so going back and learning of, through Brett, learning about Bobby, was your mind blown because that he was he's the Golden Jet. I mean, there's a reason that they call him the Golden Jet, right? So every every year I go up to Canada twice a year and I see I see Bobby and he's not in the greatest of health anymore, but he is. Uh, He's very lucid when it comes to to his memories of playing hockey, and listening to him share those stories are amazing. And I'm just wondering, like, because it, it blew my mind in figuring out who Bobby was through Brett, and that kind of that has to be kind of a surreal experience, I would think. Oh, it was unbelievable, <laughs> yeah. and to think, and what's even more amazing is for as amazing as Bobby was to have a son that was just as successful yeah. as you. That's amazing. To Absolutely. have two family members be that successful in the sport of hockey, and of course Brett now. Being the fourth all-time goal scorer, you know, since Yager played for like 30 years and passed him. But, no, I was a huge Yager fan as well. He's an amazing talent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to see that family's ability in hockey. Sure, absolutely. Now, um, were you by default a, a Blues fan then? At yes, the, yeah. yeah, because we don't have a team in Oklahoma City. Sure. Uh, and the Dallas Stars were relatively new since we right. from Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, I followed the Blues as well as I could. But, you know, back in the 90s, early 90s, you had cable, you had no internet. It was mm-hmm. hard to follow teams not inside yeah. your city. And Oklahoma City being a small market, mm-hmm. it's tough to get information. I was reading papers, box scores, um, and, you know, watching a lot of that. And, of course, what ESPN I could pick up at yeah, the time. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, just by dumb luck. He was just <laughs> a guy I picked to, to follow, and now it's become an obsession for 30 years to uh, – collect any and everything of his I can. So what was the whole star that uh, card that started the collection? Oh, let me think back that early. Um, there really, you know, there weren't a lot of options for high-end inserts back then, so it was really just the common cards. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't own one of his rookies until about 96. A whole, almost yeah. a whole 10 years so, later. Yeah, so yeah. I, I was not a real good collector at first. I sure. didn't understand the value of certain cards in your collection. And so, and then I, I had a hard time learning about the Opeachy version, the Canadian version yeah. of cards, and right. the values being better. And it was just all a learning curve. And then, you know, um, back in the early 2000s, I would come to all the TriStar shows down here in Dallas looking for one guy sure. all the time. And, so I did that for a long time. And then, of course, I've since 2003, I've worn eBay out right. for cards. So, <laughs> you, uh, you you and Jeff did a great job of uh, showing your collection. And kind of hastily, you were mentioning off-air, but like you, you had it all out there. I noticed a lot of Leaf Pearl in your collection. Tell me about Leaf Pearl and your, your, uh, your attraction to that. Okay. One of my biggest problems still to this day is that I work so many hours. I don't get releases on product. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought a Pearl card. Because I just it was a low number. I think the one numbered to five was mm-hmm. the first one. Had no idea they had a real pearl inside the card. <laughs> okay, so then it became an obsession to have them all. Sure. Um, I own the gold one of one pearl. Mm-hmm. I bid, I bid the black one of one, and I had to work one night, and I lost out on that one. Um, but I own several of the cards. Uh, my favorite, though, I think that I own in the collection. I have one of the um, eight autograph. One of ones. Wow. Okay. And uh, I can't remember everybody that's on that card, but it's just I love autographs anyway, and a multiple autograph card, and the one of ones. You know, there was a long time in my life I couldn't afford those type of cards. I probably still shouldn't buy as many as I do, <laughs> but now um, I buy a lot of them from North of Seven, uh, mm-hmm. an, an eBay dealer out of Canada. He gets a hold of a tremendous number of whole one of ones. I don't know how, so I purchase as many as I can, but they they get costly, and he's got a few right now. I just they're just way out of my range, yeah. you know, because if, you know, you could easily drop and, 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 and hole is on the low end, 300 plus for a one of one. Um, yeah. if that were a basketball player, like a Donchick, yeah. that'd be a $20,000 car. Sure. So <laughs> I'm lucky in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favorite hole in your collection? Okay. Let me think. Um, I'll tell you, uh, and I told Jeff this story when, when things were rough and I, I sold a lot of my collection, I sold, Everything pretty much between 99-2000 to 2005-6. Okay. Okay. I owned, um, these are, uh, I'm trying to, the, the Upper Deck um, Series 2 patch card, I think it was 0102. They were not numbered, extremely rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, the center of the entire Detroit wheel, I had the card that had the full circle. Oh, nice. And that was one of my favorite pieces that I know the gentleman in Finland I sold it to. He's a huge hole collector. I'm trying to talk him into selling most of that back to me. Right. Uh, right now we're kind of a stalemate there. <laughs> um, but that card, um, I also had uh, one of the gold autographed jerseys to 25 from 98-99. I uh, had number 16, his jersey number. Okay. Um, and some of them are not even uh, value-wise the most expensive. I've got some great patch cuts. Um, sure. My icebreaker patch from 0203, I, I had four of them at the time that I sold my collection. I have none of them now, and I've not seen one on eBay for two oh, years. Wow. So I'm trying to locate some of those that are mid-range, but people built those sets, um, yeah. and so it's difficult to find those cards now. Uh, but oh, I'll tell you the biggest one that I'm missing that was my one of my favorite, 98-99 Upper Deck game jersey, the first year game jersey. Yeah, those I had are tough. a red, white, and yellow three-color hole jersey. Oh, wow. And I had two single colors as well. I cannot find one on ebay they're they're incredibly hard i remember yeah. when i started doing the hockey pricing here at beckett 
a Doug Gilmore popped up and it sold for three hundred dollars. My mind was blown. I was like, yeah. "This is just a plain white jersey." Yeah. And then I realized it was from that set, and I was like, oh, well, that makes complete and Gretzky, total sense. you know, I believe, if I'm right, was in that first year, and I can't imagine how hard he would be to find right now. Right, absolutely. Uh, because people, again, built those sets. Right. Uh, I'll tell you another one. One of the my favorite cards of all time is the Z-Teams. Oh, yeah, Those yeah. were some of the best cards and used to be outrageously priced. They've come down to earth now. I've got a couple of them graded 9.5s from sure. Beckett. Um, so I've put those away that I bought later in the years. Um but yeah, cards like the Z teams and the Epics. Mm-hmm. I have been looking for the green and purple season for twenty years. Oh, I wow. own every other one. <laughs> and two they they both came across eBay here about six months ago and rent roughly the purple went for hundred and fifty some odd dollars and the green went for two hundred and fifty dollars oh, wow. for uh, Epics. So So you you said eBay a lot. Are do are you do you just have alert set up for when a, when a hole comes up? No, actually, I just get on every night for about an hour and a half and search the cards, <laughs> which is the worst thing I could possibly. You should probably do. set yourself an alert, brother. And you know what's and you know what also is probably bad. There's probably other avenues to buy cards. Yeah, uh, I used to be in a lot of uh, the trade rooms yeah. years ago because I opened a lot of wax. Uh, and to be honest, the biggest problem with me is that I have zero luck when it comes to wax. Okay, I can dump a thousand dollars and not get a hundred dollars in return. I have got a horrible rate of pulling cards, so I've kind of given up on that. Minus. Occasionally, my son is starting to get it. He's a huge NBA fan. Okay. So we'll open some wax occasionally sure. there. Um, but we had a, we spent about $600 here a month ago and just absolutely. <laughs> just dud, nothing. Just dudded out. <laughs> I got a Donchick rookie out of Select, which is great. It's a $25 card, but it doesn't make up your 600 Right. That you yeah, so so you, you mentioned something there. You, there are other, other avenues. Do you try the Beckett Marketplace or check out my cards or, or sports lots or anything like that? I don't even know about most of those places. Okay, now, so. Beckett Marketplace I used to be on years ago. Yeah. Uh, just in the last three weeks have re- renewed all my memberships through Beckett. Sure. Um, because I'm a big physical Beckett mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. I like the paper in my hands. Yeah. Um, and I'm, tra- I'm to be honest, I'm having trouble navigating how to use the the technology. Okay. Because I'm kind of old school. Yeah, <laughs> so, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I understand completely. So yeah, there's lots of different avenues out there for you, and I, I don't know. I saw. I know you're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you know, got plenty of guys on Instagram that sells cards, that sell cards to there as well. It's a, uh, it's a fun little hunt. When you add all those different elements to it, it, it becomes a, a, a great hunt. You mentioned your son is into Donkic. Uh, is he into collecting or? Well, is it, he is, is it... in. Actually, my son. We pulled a Donchick. He is a Chicago Bulls fan. Oh, how'd that happen? I don't know because he was too young to ever see Jordan. <laughs> right. Um, but he is loyal. I mean, as bad as that team has been the last couple of years, he is. So he lives in Oklahoma City. Okay. He is a Florida Gator fan, a Tennessee Titan fan. Okay. A Chicago Bulls fan. And then he, he kind of likes the Oklahoma City Thunder mm-hmm. and the OU Sooners because that's what sure. we all bleed those colors up there. Right. Uh, but he's very loyal to his teams. Uh, really? When he was about eight years old, he told me he wanted to go to the University of Texas. I nearly <laughs> fell out of my chair because, you know, being an Oklahoma You're right. fan. Yeah, right. But, but I told him, I said, son, you get a scholarship, you can go to any college you want. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Gators. Have you traveled to Florida with him? No, he, but he loves the Florida Gators. And huh. he never saw Tebow play. All right. He was not born till 08. Um, he's just he picks his teams and he sticks with them. So he just sticks with them. Now I have taken him to Tennessee. We went to uh, last year, the day before Christmas Eve. I took him to watch the Redskins. He got to see Adrian mm-hmm. Peterson play. Okay, and he he loves Mariota. Um, now he's a big Tannehill fan because sure. he's turned that team around. <laughs> so 
Yeah, but A.J. Brown's his new guy, so we're trying to find him. I picked him up about eight A.J. Brown cards this week. Got him an immaculate patch number to 10. Okay. I'm going to have you guys grade okay. for him just to put away. And, awesome. Uh, so, yeah, he's very uh, into it. He he is ESPN for me. Like, he'll call me in the evenings because he lives in Oklahoma City and sure. give me the full rundown on all sports of the day. So awesome. It's great. I, one thing I noticed about uh, your video that you did with Jeff was, uh, like, I'm, I'm not this guy, and so it was impressive to me. Is like you were able to recall Hall of Famers and stats quickly. Is that just from like osmosis, or I mean, how's no, that? No, I, I have a terrible memory, except for things I really enjoy. And again, once I started watching hockey in '92, I never stopped until the last ten years because one, mm-hmm. I work eighty hours a week. Sure. Um, and I and I kind of feel bad. I've lost touch. I'll, I'll tell you, the last year I watched hockey was the year Crosby and Ovechkin were rookies. Yeah. Okay. And so they're here. they're veterans now, and I'm missing a lot of the young talent, but. Back in the day, I mean, yes, I knew the all the players' names, uh, the you know where they stood, and and all the guys I grew up watching are retired, and most of them are in the Hall of Fame. Sure, now, you know from uh, I'll tell you the All Star teams roughly: uh, Gretzky, Bure, uh, Fedorov, Eiserman, Solane. You know the all the big names. I mean, sure, and they're all and younger, yeah. finally retired. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> finally, yeah. And, I'm like, sure he's in Russia and, killing something right guys now. Guys, yeah. they're just amazing, but. Uh, no, I, I love hockey still to this day. I wish I could get out more. The Stars have been very generous and uh, setting us up, up with a suite a couple of times as the, the crew, and we'd go watch the games. But That's cool. That's really cool. Um, did your dad get you into collecting? Okay, so my father doesn't like sports at all. Okay. He all doesn't right. do cars. My oh. mother is a huge football fan. All right. But my grandfather and I used to watch Braves games. He was a Dale Murphy fan back right. when the Braves were awful. Sure. And he had TBS as one of the few cable right. stations we had in Oklahoma City. We'd watch the games together all the time. And so baseball is where I started collecting cards Okay, uh, back in 1986. All right. Uh, and football because, you know, I had the Jerry Rice rookie year, the green and white striped tops cards. Right, right. Yeah, that was the first cards I ever purchased in wax. Okay. 86. And, there you go. Uh, then you had Bonds and McGuire rookies yep. in 85, 87. Yep. You know, that range is where I started Conseco, Walt Weiss in 88. I was a huge Walt. athletics fan back in the day. All right. Uh, because I was a McGuire fan. Sure. Back Makes sense. Old school McGuire. So, uh, yeah, so I followed the athletics, uh, you know, for years. And then when he got traded to St. Louis, that was a great fit because I sure. could see a lot more of him. But uh, that was all before the steroids. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, what I was leading to was, I was like, because of the connection, maybe – collecting with your son how, how is he taking to it and did, did you introduce him to it and you know um it is it something you think he'll do long term well my son gets interested in it for a month and then he won't for a month yeah he stays in the sport but he the collecting thing and maybe it's and the biggest the biggest problem i have is that i live in dallas five days a week at least sure i'm not with him every day i think if he was around me watching me collect more mm-hmm. uh actually my son collects magic cards as well where yeah. we we have a lot of those and uh so he likes to collect those because he likes playing the game so he's not as luckily for me he's not as big an addict as i am because then i'd be <laughs> financing two collections sure uh but who knows he's only 13 so you know so the dynamic of uh having an apartment in dallas and a home in oklahoma city is your apartment in Dallas just full of cards? Is that what I mean? <laughs> Dude, it, it, you laugh. My dresser has got uh, vault boxes stacked on it right now and stacks of cards that I've opened. Wax, sure. And then cards I've bought off eBay that have shown up. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a wreck right now. Last night I was actually going, man, I'm going to have to put this stuff somewhere else. And then I get paranoid about 
what if somebody ever broke in here and, and just decided to take sure, it? Just take I would it. lose my mind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've got a very bachelor apartment. I've got a couch, a couple of tables of TV, uh, a bunch of Gas Monkey memorabilia hanging on the walls, and sports cards. So I want to switch gears and talk about Gas Monkey for a okay. minute. Is that cool? Um, I've never been privy to go down to Gas Monkey until it was the uh, it was the IWR at the time. Now it's the New World Class Wrestling. Uh, you guys hosted them there. I'm a, I'm a huge Von Eric Mark, so I had to make it out to the show. But uh, like the the events that you guys put on there are really crazy. It's fun fun now that I know. But uh, have there been events there that like you or just can't miss for you? Oh, you're talking about the live yeah. Gas Monkey live. Okay, uh, we used to do a lot more stuff over there, um, but you know. With the TV show, we're only two yeah. miles away from there. We film the TV show, sure. and it demands a lot of our time, especially of on weekends. And we travel a lot with that, so we don't get to as many things. I have been to quite a few events and concerts slash mm-hmm. shows there, um, but not as much as we used to. Absolutely. Okay. Then one last question I have for you. Um, the first time we, we tried to nail this interview down, we couldn't happen because you were going to Saudi Arabia. What in the hell is a car show like in Saudi Arabia? You know, I didn't know what to expect uh, because, you know, we're taught as kids that that part of the country or the part of the world, you just don't visit. Them. Yeah, they're right. not. They don't like us. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely false. When we landed in Saudi Arabia, you couldn't meet a nicer bunch of people. Sure. Gracious, great hosts. I mean, wonderful country, totally different culture than what we have. Um, this was a first ever for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the prince over there is trying to develop his country, give it more Western feel, letting people see what's out there. So it was very raw. This it, this was a car auction slash festival. Had the monster trucks were there. Okay. Uh, all of the other TV celebrities, uh, Dave Kindig, friends of ours, Goldberg, all the guys that have car shows, TV shows, were over there promoting the still. And the sale didn't go as great as we'd like, but it opened their eyes to a lot of things that they can enjoy. They... Yeah. The laws in that country, those people cannot drive a vehicle more than five years old. Oh, So wow. classics Don't are very yeah, rare. Yeah, now, yeah. now, with that being said, we went to a Cars and Coffee over there, and there were 150, 200 cars and old Cadillacs, Chevrolet, a lot of American-made cars. So I was shocked to see the car culture in that country. It's just not something you think about. Mm-hmm. But all in all, a fabulous uh, uh, experience over there, and I think they are going to be really – on their way up in the car culture side. So it was an awesome trip. Uh, we stopped in London on the way there mm-hmm. and on the way back. Uh, so all in all, we were gone for a week and a half. It was a long trip, but it was a very, very cool experience. Awesome. Now, uh, as you were talking about that, you said uh, cars and coffee. i got to ask you about uh, Seinfeld's uh, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. What do you think about that show? Uh, I haven't watched it. I've what? Heard of it. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Even our show, I don't hardly watch. Okay, makes sense. I, I don't yeah. watch any car shows. When I go home, I turn off cars and turn on sports. I got you. Because I do. I live that all day long. And uh, to be honest, I did never watch car shows before I came to Gas Monkey. I didn't know Gas Monkey was a car show when I got called to interview for the job. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, I kind of lived in my own little cave. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just a, I love cars when I'm working. But when it sure. comes to my free time... It's sporting events and the hobby, of course. I spend Absolutely. a lot of it on cards. And, of course, my family, my kids and my wife and friends and, you know, all that. So, Sure. Yeah. All right, we're going to get you out of here on this. Give me your top two wants, top three wants for your Brett Hull collection right now. Oh, man, that's a tall order. <laughs> um, my goodness, I'm trying to think of cards that I've been chasing. 
Um, oh, I totally failed at this. Uh oh. <laughs> Let me think. I would uh, my one of my my top one. I want another ninety eight ninety nine game jersey. Yeah. Okay. I need that card back in the core <laughs> of my collection. Um, and the second one again, I'll go back to it. That two thousand one two upper deck patch the the one I owned. Sure. That I should have never sold, and I've regretted it every day <laughs> since I did. Yeah. There's no contention with your with your wife there about that card, right? That like, it's no, just no. going. It okay, had nothing good. Nothing to do with her. It was all me, and uh, and she, you know. I, again, I know who has it. Sure. Maybe I can talk about it. Awesome. Now, are there a lot of guys fighting hole for you, like you're fighting for holes for? You know, I, I run a cu- across a couple. Um, the The way eBay has done is changed. The, I used to be able to see their names, the, okay. who I'm bidding against. And I knew a, bu- a bunch of them. We were good. I was good friends with most of them. Sure. Um, had a couple lived in St. Louis that were good friends, and then a couple in Finland and one in L.A. So the five, six of us together – we bid on everything, right. and and we had a good rapport. He's like, "Hey, I'm bidding on this card kit," and we would kind of stay off cards that we really yeah, knew yeah. the other was trying to get. Um, but now I don't really know. I'm not. I'm kind of been out of the market so long. I'm just out there getting what I want for myself, and I don't really have a consistent person Absolutely. running against me now. The cards that are really desirable, like in short print sets of uh, 25 or less, sure. people are building sets. I run into that a lot, too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to get you out of here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really hey, appreciate it. great. Awesome. Uh, give my listeners your social media so they can follow you. Yeah. So it's uh, Jason Aker, A-K-E-R, at GasMonkeyGarage.com or GMG Jason on Instagram. Awesome. You guys go check them out. Episode 350 rolls on after this break. You guys hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Joseph with CJP Card Breaks. You are listening to The Fat Packs. All right, guys, that was Jason Akers from Gas Monkey Garage hanging out, talking a little Brett Hull collecting, uh, talking about what it's like working at Gas Monkey, and then that crazy car show that at, in Saudi Arabia that he went to, which is crazy. Uh, joining me next here on episode 350, big one, 350, is my friend, Mr. Matt Bible. He's our non-sports uh, analyst. We're going to be talking a little bit of Star Wars. What's up, Matt? Uh, not much. Just uh, getting ready for the big ca- the ca- the final countdown to the end of Skywalker Saga here in a week. So yeah, it's a week away, and things are like not good from what you're reading, right? Like the 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 it's leaked and not favorable reviews. Well, you know, it's hard to tell. Um, you know, it's really only the script that's leaked, and I haven't read any spoilers or anything. But okay. uh, you know, it, it's you know, people were saying the script doesn't sound good, but you know, who knows? It might be something that they put out that was to kind of throw people off. Sure. Um, that's not, you know, that's been done before, but, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm, I'm always on board when it comes to star Wars. I've been watching the Mandalorian religiously ever since it came out. And, uh, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm always, I'm always up for seeing star Wars. You guys, so I'm ready for it. You guys don't know this about Matt Bible unless you just know Matt Bible, but, Getting him to watch a new TV series is almost impossible. It's, yeah. it's hard. So for him to say something like, I've been watching The Mandalorian religiously since it came out is impressive because Matt just doesn't have a lot of time for TV. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's, yeah. I've had plans to watch so many TV shows uh, since I started working here, and it just those plans have pretty much fallen through. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. it's good that you're watching The Mandalorian. What do you think about Baby Yoda? Uh, I mean, it's... I, I, I kind of hate to say it, but I think he's upstaged the Mandalorian character. Sure. I think everybody is fa- so fascinated by 
Yoda that, well, they call him the child, but it's baby, you know, just a baby Yoda since we don't know what species Yoda is. But uh, sure. um, it's definitely causing a frenzy on the collectibles market. People are dying yep. to know when's the first Funkos coming out, which I've seen the concept art. There's Funkos coming out. There's plush toys. There's probably going to be, um, when the Mandalorian action figure line comes out, there's probably going to be baby Yoda mm-hmm. toys. I mean, it's going to be, you're probably going to get life-size baby Yoda and his little his little floaty carriage that he has. So sure. people are people are excited and and really I mean really love Baby Yoda. So they got to get that out before Christmas, right? I mean, just I, mm, it'd be smart. Y- yeah, you know that was kind of bad timing on their part. I have to say because you know you you should have had the toys ready to go because mm-hmm. you. Sh- Anybody who knows anything about collectibles or, or Star Wars, this cute little characters like that are going to sell. The right. Porgs were just that sure. was when Last Jedi came out. That was the Porg frenzy happened. Mm-hmm. They had to have some sort of idea that the Baby Yodas were going to be extremely popular. Right. So that was kind of a kind of a misstep on their part, I think, not having that ready to go. You know, uh, they could always do what they, I don't know if they would do this, but we talked about it before here on the show, the way in 77, the at Christmas time, they had a redemption card, cardboard back for, for the for the set. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they would do that, but it'd be kind of, it'd be kind of an interesting take on. It would be a, it would be a nice little throwback to those, those days back when they had yeah. those types of offers and stuff. So. Absolutely. So uh, we brought you on today to talk a little bit about Star Wars collectibles. First, let's start with the almanac that, that just got printed, right? Is it, it's out yet? Yes. It's, it's been out for a few weeks now. Okay. All right. How do you feel so. about this one? Um, I love it. I love the cover. The cover yeah. is uh, action figures of Ray and the Mandalorian. Um, we've got our basic hot list. You know, the top ten vintage action figures, uh, top ten Funkos, um, top twenty autographs. Uh, so, uh, and the top twenty um, all-time sets. Okay. Um, but it, it's business as usual, man. It's all the new, um, the new Star Wars trading card sets, new action figures. I, I got as much as I could put into the into the almanac that I could put in but by the time it was time to go to print. But uh, there's there's a lot of new stuff. Uh, a lot of the, the newer sets from this year are, are in there. Um, there was at least nine products wow. that came out for uh, Star Wars this year. You had uh, Empire Strikes Back Black and White, which was is continuing that... that uh, that tradition uh, for the black and white set they started mm-hmm. uh, back in 2018. You got the Skywalker saga, which addresses, I think, just the Skywalker story itself. Um, and then, of course, you have the Authentics line, which is basically trading cards and uh, 8x10 okay. autographs. Um, then they had a bunch of on-demand sets that they released this year, the Women of Star Wars, um, Power of the Force, uh, things like that. But... Uh, it has been a Star Wars year. Uh, they, they've really released a lot of, and we're, we're getting a lot of new autograph signers. Uh, Ewan McGregor had his first autographs this year. Paul Bettany had his first autographs this year. Alden Ehrenreich, from, uh, who played Solo, the young Solo. Uh, and we got many more to come. So um, Stellar Signatures uh, and Masterwork are the two newest ones. And, of course, you know, you're, you're, you, you're seeing some really sure. high dollar sales on that stuff, especially the you, 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 art set, art, uh, 
art base set and then you get the rest are autographs okay and sketches whether it's a single autograph most of it's you get the full checklist of single autographs but you know with the parallels you know inserted in, in between sure. there you get uh, i think four dual autographs and then there's a sketch card but that whole box is i think is when it started i think it was 8000 for that box so wow. you know if you get hit the lottery you can you can <laughs> it's basically uh transcendent it's basically sure. star wars version of transcendent i saw um our uh friend of the show anthony divine uh rise up divine sells uh sell it to divine he pulled a Harrison Ford out of that, and uh, he was. It seemed like he was shocked. Yeah, I guess <laughs> these are tough pulls, so yeah. He he was uh he he seemed very happy out of that. Yeah. Well, you get one per bo- you get a Harrison Ford per box. Okay. Um, it just depends on what parallel, what tier parallel you're okay. going to get. You know, right. it starts at twenty five and works its way down twenty, ten, sure, five to one. So okay. Well, there you, know. you go. So let's talk about Star Wars, like. Collectibles through the years because that's what the almanac is, and yep. you know, we're 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 winding winding down for the Skywalker saga here. Do you have a like a favorite Star Wars set that's been released? As far as trading cards, yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard for me. It's hard to top. It's hard to top the original nineteen seventy seven tops, sure, yeah. Because um, I lived it. I, I I I had those cards when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I didn't see the C three PO error card otherwise i've been scarred for life but um uh you know that was really one of the first really major non-sports sets that had sure multiple series like that that really sold well it mm-hmm. had a total of five different series and they, the borders were different colors um it covered everything from the characters to the action sequences to behind the scenes i mean they it was a really intricate set. I mean, it really covered all the bases, and it's still very, very popular today. That C-3PO card is <laughs> its still, like, one of the most coveted cards in non-sport lore, right? I mean, finding yep. one is tough. We, uh, what, I, just before this interview, we had, uh, we had, again, we had Jason Akers in here, and he was recently on an episode of Pat Geek. And just last week, Pat Geek, uh, Jeff had a 77 Star Wars opening and they were looking for that c3po you know and he's got a giveaway going around going on right now for a couple of those cards that he pulled but that 3po is like i still i want that card you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to find it so i can have it but uh it's it's on the list um but uh i'd like to actually just have the whole set sure. i mean i had a lot of the cards when i was a kid but i wasn't really into set collecting when i was four years old, five years old. Yeah, the concept just wasn't there, right? Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, hey, look at these cards. I mean, you you were aware that you were missing cards because it had numbers in the back, obviously. Even at that age, you knew. But you just enjoyed looking at the cards. You enjoyed checking Mm -hmm. because, you know, we didn't have VCRs at that point. Right. So we couldn't watch the movie. So the next best thing was, hey, look at these cards. And you kind of had to fill in the blanks Mm -hmm. as to what was going on in the next card from card to card. Sure. um, I got really into the card collecting with the Empire Strikes Back set, though. So, um, but if I had to pick a set that was outside of that, I'd probably pick the 30th anniversary because that's when they really started nailing mm-hmm. the autographs. That was the, Her- the first Harrison Ford autograph, and they had everybody else, and it was just a, it was a, it was a nice set. So, um, speaking of autographs, you and I were talking offline, and. Ryan Cracknell re- just released a uh, a piece on Beckett.com about guys who or and ladies who don't have 
Star Star Wars autographs. Yet. There, yes, there's, there's a, 24 of them. Is there, that? Yes, there's there's a lot, and there's some. <laughs> we're gonna have fun with this because there's a few that I'm gonna mention. That's that's pretty funny. Sure. Um, uh, Donald Glover, which is probably the the no brainer. Uh, one of the no brainers. Natalie Portman's another one. Um, uh, Oscar Isaac, who plays Poe Dameron. But there's a lot of bit players throughout history that that haven't had. Um, a Star Wars autograph, uh, Clancy Brown, who does voices for like the animated series, sure. Lupita Nyong'o, and my favorite because I forgot about this. I forgot that uh, he was actually in one of the Ewok movies back in 1985. Uh-huh. Mr. Wilford Brimley. Oh wow, that beat us. <laughs> <laughs> I Wilford. would love to see a Wilford Brimley Star Wars autograph because that would be incredible. That would be great. <laughs> if we could get him to sign at Diabetes, <laughs> that would be so awesome. Let's go back and talk about Donald Glover, though. Does he have anything in like Parks and Rec or, or Leaf Pop Century no. or anything like Nothing at all. No. Like that, right, that autograph and, would be huge right and now. Having, and having, there's serious opportunities there for them to do dual autographs with yeah. their counterparts. Because uh-huh. I'd love to see a Billy D. Williams, Donald sure. Glover dual autograph. Mm. The same yeah. as I'd like to see Harrison Ford and Alden uh, Ehrenreich's <laughs> autograph together. But, uh, yeah, you know, Billy D. and Donald in the same car, that'd be cool. Does he, does he sign at Schlitz? <laughs> <laughs> you mean Colt 45? Yeah, Colt 45. Yeah, uh, doubt it, but... Um, Billy D slimmed down for this role, though. He looked yeah. he, he looked like he's he he lost some a little bit of weight and got slimmed down for... To That's be the good. to be to be the pilot once again of the Millennium Falcon, and then Natalie Portman is another one that you 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 would just assume that she's signed already for this. I but. would imagine that they're. I, I'm sure Topps has tried. I can't imagine them yeah. not trying because she's easily one of the most noticeable characters mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe. But they they um, from what I understand, uh, Topps uh, has Amelia Clark. Okay. They've gotten her to sign. They're getting her to sign some future. I think she's going to be in the Women of Star Wars, sure, because she played um, Kira in the the solo right. films. But so they've got that one. But you know, as much as I loved her character in that movie, um, collectors are probably still clamoring for her Daenerys autographs because those yeah. things are insanely right expensive, and they they sell for insane amounts of money on the secondary market. So. That's interesting that you say that because uh, something that I saw you comment on recently is how Daisy Ridley autographs have kind of taken a back seat now, and because is it because there's so many of them well, out there? Or there, there's you know over time they and you know you know the frenzy with Daisy Ridley. My goodness, we pulled one here right. and I about had a heart attack. But um, over time, the last four years, they've gotten her to sign more and more. Now. The difference with Daisy is she only signs her first name. Oh, okay. She only signs Daisy. The one we had only has Daisy. Now, I would imagine that if she'd started signing Daisy Ridley on some of those sure. products, those would probably command a premium just because she signed her full name. Her full name. So, but yeah, the, I mean, all those guys, um, you know, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, um, I'm trying to think of who the other big, oh, Adam Driver, they've all kind of leveled off a little bit sure. because they've signed so many. Um, different for so many different products. Uh, do you know? Just I know, I know you don't know exact numbers, but do you think maybe the uh, Carrie Fisher autographs are starting to run out? Because I mean, I don't see her. On, I don't see her on a whole lot of products. At least not on a whole lot of like autographs. I that's a good question. Um, I I know that 
I'm pretty sure she wasn't in stellar signatures this time. So I, I would imagine they're, they're saving her for special occasions now. Sure. Kenny Baker autographs are still popping up. And I would imagine, you know, Peter Mayhew has been in, in some, in some recent releases too. So I would imagine they still have some backstock of him, but, uh, you know, eventually those will run out, but you know, the good thing about those three is there, there really is plenty of those on the market. You mm-hmm. can probably find one on the market if you wanted to. Sure. Sure. So, I mean, it's not from tops. It's, um, yeah, I mean, Leaf has them. Yeah, you know. Leaf has some uh, Mayhew and, and Carrie Fisher. Yeah, as far as I know, definitely. So definitely. Um, what so what? What's next? Do you think for Star? I mean, you said it's there's nothing slated film wise. It's all TV. You think we'll get a Mandalorian card set? And you know, well, right now there is a Mandalorian. They're doing the tops now. They're getting the okay. tops now treatment. So right. every with every release of an episode, they release a five card set. So there will oh, be okay. uh, kind of like what they did with Preacher. Yeah. Okay. Since there's, since there's an eight card or an eight episode season, I believe there'll be a, it'll be a total be a forty card set. There was one autograph, and for life of me, I can't think of the name of the guy that signed an autograph. But so far, there's only been one autograph has I think like five parallels too to it. So um, they are giving it the the tops now treatment. All right. Um, but as far as anything else, I don't know if they'll have. Uh, I'm I'm sure we'll start seeing Mandalorian character cards being infused in future Star Wars yeah sets sure because um, the autograph uh, the autograph supply there is is amazing you got Pedro Pascal plays the Mandalorian you've got uh, Gina Carano you've got Carl Weathers you've got uh, Giancarlo Esposito mm-hmm. um, Nick Nolte. That would be, I think that would be the first. I don't think Nick Nolte has any autographs out there. Sure. Um, and then I'm trying to think some of the other ones. I mean, you know, you had Horatio Sands who played the the character he put in Carbonite. That would be yeah. a cool autograph to have. Or is Brian Bill, Posehn. Bill Burr is it? Yeah, right? Bill Burr. I don't think he showed up yet. He must be. I cu- he must him. be coming in the last three episodes because I don't. I, I don't think he's. He showed up yet, but uh, I'm sure. Come that, on yeah. screen and ber- berate everybody. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you think just because you're a baby Yoda, you're cute? What's up with that? Oh, man, you got to love Bill Burr, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping we get at least one or two really good lines from him. Yeah. I'm sure we will, but um, I, I don't know if he plays a bounty hunter or what he plays, but that would be another good autograph. Get a Bill Burr autograph. Yeah. For, um, I mean, there's That's the great thing about the Star Wars universe is that through all the films... Um, and all the animated stuff. There's just so many people who have been involved. Sarah Michelle Gellar right. and her husband were have done the animated stuff. Um, you know, Jason Isaacs, who you know has had a long career in films and television, yeah. um, has signed autographs. So I mean, there's just so many people that have. I would say it's probably one of the most eclectic and one of the most broad mm-hmm. um, autographs autograph supply when it comes to talent. Sure. Absolutely. You know, across so many different generations. Right. So um, we'll see. Uh, and then, of course, you got the um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series that'll be coming out with Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, yeah. The, the 20 years in between uh, Revenge mm-hmm. and A New Hope. So, um, And who knows how that maybe there'll be tie-ins to the different animated series or right. um, things like that. So, you know... Uh, I think they are planning to do an, uh, like a, a new Star Wars trilogy with a completely new story. Last I checked, Ryan Johnson was supposed to do that. I don't know if that's still happening, um, considering the backlash from Last Jedi. But uh, um, you know, I, I think they're going to take it easy on the films for maybe a couple years and concentrate on the television aspects of it. With that new um, Disney Plus platform, 
I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, you know, it's just yep. smart to do it. You're that just going to have to wait a week. Yeah. To, to see each episode, you can't. They're not going to do the old uh, the binge watching. Sure. They decided to take a different approach with that. So absolutely. But um, I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Disney Plus a free plug here. Like if you have kids, this is the greatest thing. Yep. <laughs> it's just so. Simple, and I know that if you're listening to this and you do have kids, you probably already have Disney Plus. I'm not telling you anything new, yeah. But uh, for Disney fans out there, with the amount of content that's available right there at your fingertips, it's it's so much easier. Uh, my son, my son Eli, was in the office yesterday because we were going to uh, to a AEW show, and like I just gave him Disney Plus, and I'm like here you go, enjoy yep. this. <laughs> it's just, much easier. Just watch. Just. Watch. Just sit and watch and let me work. All right. So uh, what's coming up, man? What's coming up for you? What's on the horizon for non-sports? Well, not really non-sports, but uh, the next big publication is going to be the Wrestling Almanac, all right. the 2020 version with all new stuff. There's a lot been going on with WWE. Um, you know, here recently, the most recent products are SummerSlam or uh, SmackDown Live, Um some, there was a SummerSlam product, and then uh, Money in the Bank, um, and then I would imagine—I I don't know if it's going to happen. I haven't heard any word yet, but I would imagine that they're going to do another Tops Transcendent set. The other one was pretty successful, mm-hmm. but um, we'll see. I would imagine if if they're including WrestleMania tickets as one of the the big gets for it, then I would imagine that uh, that'll probably be on the horizon. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. WrestleMania tickets. In a box? Did they do that last year? Yep. Tops transcendent. You got one. You got one WrestleMania ticket per box. Where were they? Where like where the good seats are? Uh, I I'm not sure. I I never really looked into that. You also got admission to the VIP party, which you also had Hmm. opportunities to get like um, specially stamped buyback cards. Okay. So those are floating around. I still haven't gotten a full checklist yet, but um, there's a pretty considerable amount of those in the database. Um, but yeah, the Tops Transcendent, it was the first of its kind too. Um, you had Vince McMahon autographs, which was the first time that's ever done. Right. Shane McMahon autographs, I think was the first time, uh, along with, you know, Stone Cold and Stephanie McMahon and Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey and a lot of the big names, Brock Lesnar. So, sure. um, but yeah, that's the, that's the next thing. As far as anything else, it's just business as usual, cleaning up the database, finding things to correct, finding things to import, finding things that aren't in the, in the system, um, pricing things that haven't been priced yet. Price changes, you know how it goes. Right, it's the, it's the typical day here at Beckett. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's going to do it for episode three hundred and fifty. Uh, thanks for everybody who has hung out with me for three hundred and fifty episodes. That's it's a long time. Yeah, lo- that's a lot. It's uh, a lot of Twinkies. It's a lot of Twinkies. I like a Twinkie. I like yep. a good Twinkie from now. On. <laughs> it's, it's good. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks so much for joining me. You, you guys, uh, hang tight until next week. Just keep listening. Cue the trick. Thank you.